Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to Living Jewish. We're going to be continuing in the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch chapter 128. And someone asked, the Kitzur is from Reb Shlomo Gansfried. The, origi- the Shulchan Aruch, the first book titled Shulchan Aruch was from Reb Yosef Cairo. So this is the uh, and condensed version of Reb Yosef Cairo's book. Does that answer the question? Yes. Okay. They're both translated in English, though. Not that I know of. I don't believe Rabbi Yosef Kairos has been properly translated. Different parts of it have. Yeah. So we're learning about the laws of the month of Elul, the last month of the year. And the month of Elul has 30 days, leads us into the 10 days of repentance, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, which in total is 40. And why is the month of Elul special? That's really where we're going to start off. What is unique about the month of Elul? Let's see it directly inside. The days from Rosh Chodesh, the first day of the month of Elul until after Yom Kippur, are days of divine favor. Now, every day is a good day to connect with Hashem. What's unique about, what's unique about these days? Although throughout the year the Holy One, blessed is He accepts repentance, if you repent today, Hashem will listen from those who return to him with a sincere heart. Any day you repent is good. Nevertheless, these days are especially select and are designated for repentance. The, these 40 days, from the beginning of the month of Elul till after Yom Kippur, are the elite days. They're designated for repentance as they are days of divine compassion and favor. These are days that Hashem has divine compassion. Just to explain outside for a moment, Moshe went up on the mountain the first time on which day of the year? When did Moshe go up on the mountain of Sinai to receive the Torah? On, on Shavuot. Forty days later he came down and tragically the Jewish people had sinned and made the golden calf. What day is that? Oh, that's Shabbat. That is the day of Shiva Asar B'Tamuz, the 17th day of Tamuz. Close. Three... The beginning of the three-week cycle. Moshe broke the luchos and he goes back up for another set of 40 days when he asks Hashem to please not destroy the Jewish people. He went up for a third period of 30 days, of 40 days, beginning on Rosh Chodesh Elul. For Rosh Chodesh Elul, Moshe went up and he asked Hashem to please forgive the Jewish people and on Yom Kippur, 40 days later, God fully forgave the Jewish people. So within this period from Rosh Chodesh Elul until Yom Kippur is a period of time that Moshe was asking for proper forgiveness and compassion from God for the sin of the golden calf and God gave the Jewish people that forgiveness and compassion. So we see here that these are times of, of unique divine mercy and fake, or they say divine compassion and favor. Let's see that inside. What's unique about these days? This is because on Rosh Chodesh Elul, Moshe Rabbeinu ascended Mount Sinai to receive the second tablets, the second luchos. <coughs> and he stayed there 40 days. He descended on the 10th of Tishrei, which was when complete atonement for the sin of the golden calf was achieved for the Jewish people on Yom Kippur. And from that time on, from this story, from after Moshe came down, these days have been sanctified as days of favor, and the 10th of Tishrei was designated as Yom Kippur. It is interesting, the way the Kitzur writes it, he makes it sound that the reason Yom Kippur was chosen 
to be the day of forgiveness was because of this story. Now because these are such special days, we're going to learn some special customs. The first one is, some people have the custom that right before Rosh Chodesh, it's called the Mini Yom Kippur, and you make a special prayer. And many people, even more people, have the custom on the day prior to Rosh Chodesh Elul to do this Yom Kippur Katan, this small Yom Kippur prayer, and fast. Let's see that inside. The custom in, many, in most places is to fast on the day before Rosh Chodesh Elul and to recite the Yom Kippur Katan service, the minor day of atonement service. Why? In order to prepare their hearts for repentance. It's not our custom. But many people have that custom that the day before Rosh Chodesh Elul they fast and say a special prayer. Now, if Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos, so the day before Shabbos is Friday, and it's not appropriate generally to fast on Friday, then you come into Shabbos not in a good mood. So if Rosh Chodesh falls on Shabbos, we do this earlier on the Thursday before Rosh Chodesh. We jump one day prior to Thursday. Any questions? Now, we're going to start talking about the word Elul, and we're going to share four different passages that have the acronym of Elul within them. I'm actually going to encourage you, if you have one of these, please share them. Follow along for this section. So, page 861, and let's start off in the section which says the Ari, Rabbi Yitzchak Loria. It's about halfway down. Um, 861, you see right here, the Ari. And we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to see four verses that within the passage have the hint to Elul. Our teacher and master Rabbi Yitzchak Loria of blessed memory, the Ari Zal wrote, and he first, he shares a passage. This passage is talking about someone who kills unintentionally. If someone kills unintentionally, the Torah has a specific, a specific method they need to follow, which is they need to run to, what's it called, anyone? City of Refuge. City of Refuge. And if they're not in the City of Refuge, then a relative of the person murdered, I shouldn't say murdered, it was unintentional, the person killed can't kill that person who killed. So if Reuven killed Shimon, so one of Shimon's relatives can kill Reuven unless he's in a city of refuge. So a city of refuge saves you. We're going to see that this idea of the city of refuge saving you is also has an acronym for Elul within it. That means the month of Elul is a city of refuge. If someone has gone through a rough time, if they've done something inappropriate, the month of Elul is a city of refuge to help them correct that. Let's see that inside. The verse states regarding one who kills unintentionally, but for one who had not lain in ambush. He wasn't standing there trying to kill another. And God caused it to come to his hand. It was divine providence. You were standing unintentionally, you had a knife, and someone came the other corner and ran into it. So the Hashem says, and I shall provide for you a place to which he shall flee. There's a city of refuge to go to. The first letters of the Hebrew words, Ina liyado v'samti l'cha, v'samti l'cha, 
that Hashem says the first words of the part of the verse that say Hashem brought it to you and I'll give you a city of refuge spell the word Elo if you want to see it inside Ina Liyad of Sam Aleph Lamid Vav Lamid right over here Ina Liyad of Sam Aleph is a Lamid Vav Lamid spells Elo this tells us that this month is a favorable time for repentance to be accepted for the sins that one has committed throughout the year. So this verse is telling us it's a good, this is your city of refuge to repent. Second of all, what's the verse telling you? In this story, when someone killed, was it intentional or unintentional? Unintentional. The verse is also telling us we need to repent even for unintentional sins. I mean, if we hurt someone and it was not our fault, we were speaking the, the kindest we could, but if we offended someone else, even something unintentional, it is also an illusion that one must also repent for unintentional sins during this month. So far, that's the first passage. The pa first passage referring that has the acronym of Elul is that Hashem says, even if I brought the killing to you, you need to go to a city of refuge in the month of Elul. There's a famous, famous quote that I, that I, I imagine we, you've heard before that is an acronym for Elul. Is anyone familiar with the verse that is an acronym for Elul? Ani lidodi vidodi li. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. The first letters are Elul. And we're going to learn another two. And each one of these verses is going to teach us something unique about the month of Elul. Let's see it inside. The following three verses allude to the special threefold responsibility of Elul. Additionally, those who expound the spirit, the scriptural verses stated. The verse in Deuteronomy 36 tells us, Umal Hashem Hashem your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring to love Hashem your God. Hashem says in Deuteronomy that Hashem is going to circumcise your heart, meaning remove the negativity covering your heart, that you should love God. Within that verse, the words es levavcha, ves levav, es levavcha, ves levav, the first letter of each of these words, called aleph, lamet, vav, lamet, spell elul. Es levavcha, ves levav, the first letter spell elul. Rashi Tevis Elul. The Chain, similarly, let's continue on. Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li. The verse, I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me the first letter, spell Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, Rashi Tevis Elul, spell Elul. The Chain, an additional verse, the verse that talks about giving gifts to the poor on Purim. What's gifts to the, sorry, not gifts to the poor, giving gifts to one another. What is that called on Purim? Mishloach Manos. Ish. Oh, sorry. Yes, it's talking about giving presents to the poor. <laughs> so the Ish, Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. Again, this idea of giving to the poor, gives to the poor, is an acronym. Rashi Tevis Why do we have these three verses? Each one of these three verses hints a different item. The verse that Hashem is going to remove the blockage from your hearts refers to teshuva. 
that this is a month for teshuva. Hashem is going to remove the blockage that you should now be able to serve Him properly. The verse that states that Ani Lododi Vidodi Li I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me what is called something of love is prayer. Prayer is called the prayer of love. So it's a month that we should pray with more intensity. And the verse that says, Ish matanos is a hint to do what? To give charity. So during this month, we have these three verses that tell us we need to focus even more on repentance, on prayer, and charity. Let's see that inside. These three verses allude to three things. Repentance, prayer, and charity which must be pursued with alacrity during this month because we know, we say on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Uteshuva Utfilot Daka Repentance Prayer and Charity Ma'avir and Take away the worst decree Hashem will always listen to them Uma the, the verse which talks about Hashem will circumcise you alludes to repentance the second verse of I am to my beloved refers to prayer, which is a song of the beloved. And the third verse of one to another, you should give gifts to the poor, hints to charity. Okay, that's the first section of this chapter, which tells us the specialty of the month, that it's a month that, Hash- that Moshe Rabbeinu went up on high and asked for repentance, and Hashem accepted it, so it's a very special time. And some people have the custom to fast in preparation the day prior. And we shared four verses that share the uniqueness of Elul. The first verse about the idea of Elul being, the month of Elul being a city of refuge. And that we need to repent even for unintentional things. The idea of, of in the month of Elul we need to do repentance, pray, and give charity. Now we're going to get into some, some of the detail. What are one of the methods that as Jewish people we do to bring repentance, to arouse ourselves to repent? We... It's a unique one. We blow the shofar. The shofar brings us to repentance. And that's why we start blowing the shofar on the second day of Elul. Let's see that inside, number two. It is customary to sound the shofar during this month, beginning on the second day of Rosh Chodesh, which is the first day of Elul. And how do we blow the shofar? We sound the shofar each day after the morning prayer with the tekiah, shivarim, teruah, tekiah which in short, we'll get to it later when we talk about the blowing on Rosh Hashanah, but that's the, sl- the condensed version, so to say, of the blowing. One of each. However, we don't blow the, the day before Rosh Hashanah. Why? That means we blow for 29 days, but we don't th- blow the day before Rosh Hashanah. The reason being that we want to make it clear that on Rosh Hashanah, it's a mitzvah to blow the shofar. The other, during the month of El, is just a custom that we created to arouse our hearts. And if every day from the beginning of El through Rosh Hashanah we would blow the shofar, it may be confusing for people that it's just one big mitzvah. But it's not. The 29 days of El is a custom and Rosh Hashanah is a mitzvah, so we separate, we make one day discretion. We cease the day before Rosh Hashanah in order to separate before the shofar blasts that are discretionary based on custom and the shofar blasts on Rosh Hashanah that are a fulfillment of a Torah commandment. Why do we blow the shofar? The reason of sounding the shofar during the mo- this month is to arouse the people to repentance. So this is required? No. Not custom? It's a custom. No, the day before when there was no shofar blowing. 
we don't blow the shofar. That is also a custom not to blow then. Okay. We, we made a custom so we shouldn't get confused. Okay. Yeah. Why do we blow the shofar? Because the shofar, you're familiar with the shofar? The shofar is to arouse the people to repent. Because this is the nature of the shofar. And we even have a passage that tells us it arouses people to repent and causes them to tremble with fear as the verse in Amos states, is a shofar ever sounded in a city and the people not tremble? The shofar brings a feeling of, awakens our heart to repent. So that is the first custom we have during this month, is to go ahead and blow the shofar to arouse ourselves to do repentance. Another custom, additionally it is customary in these countries, that from the second day of Rosh Chodesh Elul, until Shmini Atzeres, we say in the morning and evening prayers, the, the passage, with David Hashem Oiri Viyishi, by David Hashem is my light and my salvation. So there's a special passage, and this is our custom. Do you mind passing the sitter behind you? The, the blue, blue book, the book. Thank you. So during the month, the second day of the month of Elul, we're going to start saying on page. 76, the, the section, Ledavid Hashem Ori, by, by David, the Lord is my light, like it says here, from the first day of Rosh Chodesh Elul through Rosh Hashanah Rabbah. Actually, it's interesting. So our custom is we do it, we do it the first day of Rosh Chodesh. In the Kitter it says it. And similarly, we do it by the afternoon prayer, by Mincha. We again are going to enter this prayer on page 115. Um, before we conclude the, the afternoon service. Why? So what we're going to learn in a second is that this passage hints to all the holidays in, in Elul. By David, the Lord is my light. The Medrash tells us, when is Hashem light? On Rosh Hashanah. He's shining to us. He's going to go ahead and judge us favorably. And my salvation, the day of judgment, that's Yom Kippur, when Hashem is going to save us. And then, if we continue, it says, For he will hide me in his tabernacle. Tabernacle is actually really a sukkah. But, so we have here a hint for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, and therefore it's our custom to say it throughout the month. Let's see it inside. This is based on the Medrash that expounds on this verse and shares... Hashem is my light. When is that? On Rosh Hashanah. Because Hashem brings our judgment to a favorable conclusion. Hashem is my salvation when on Yom Kippur He forgives us. And then we continue, continue, He will hide me in His shelter. Over here they say in His tabernacle, which is in Hebrew a sukkah. This is an allusion to the custom, to the festival of Sukkot. Why is it hide? No, the word It's saying that Hashem will hide me in the sukkah on the day of bad. In other words, he'll keep me safe. Let's see. Oh, oh, Let's see. Okay. Okay. For he will hide me in his tabernacle on a day of adversity. Yeah. You found it? Okay. So, so this, we've spoken about the custom to blow the shofar, the custom to say this, this passage. A third custom. Additionally, it is customary for the congregation to recite Tehillim during this month, each place according to its custom. So everybody has the 
custom to increase in the saying of Tehillim. Our custom is from the first day of Elul through Yom Kippur, we say three passages every single day. And in Yom Kippur, three different passages, correct? I'm going to quickly show you. We say three different passages, and then throughout Yom Kippur, we go ahead and say, at different times, nine passages. And there's actually a special box in here that shares how this is done. Right here. It says, order of the three chapters recited during the month of Elul. So, like it says in the Kitzer, it's our custom to increase in the saying of Tehillim. A fourth custom. From the beginning of Elul until Yom Kippur, when one writes a letter to his friend, or an email, or even in speaking, he should make reference, either at the beginning or end of the letter, that he is praying for his friend's well-being and blessing him. It's important to say, I'm, I'm praying for you, I'm blessing you. What's the blessing that you merit in the approaching days to be inscribed and sealed in the Book of Good Life? And that is the Book of Good Life is a metaphor for the heavenly sentence that's um, brought on throughout Rosh Hashanah Kippur. The Book of Life, the sentence. Which should only be a good sentence for everybody. the next year. Yeah, yeah. So, our custom, and that's why you'll, you'll often hear people say, Kesiva v'chasim tova. Whenever we meet someone during the month of Elul through, we always say you should be inscribed, kesiva, you should be inscribed, vachasima, and sealed for a good new year. When Yom Kippur say, comes, we say, um, we say just, gemar chasima tova, you should have a conclusion of the, of the inscription. Once Rosh Hashanah has passed, when the initial inscription has been written, we have the custom for the next, Eight days to say Gemar Chasimatova. Any questions? We're ready for number three? Okay. Number three tells us we should do our best to do as many mitzvot as we can during this month. We want to get as much merit before this day of judgment. It is customary of men of good deeds to check during this month their tefillin and mezuzos, that they should be, that they're kosher. That's for tefillin and mezuzos, and for everybody, for everyone, and anything that needs to be rectified with regard to other mitzvos, they rectify. So we should make an accounting, see is there, are there mitzvos, are there things that I need to fix during this month. Number four. If you remember, the three weeks before Tisha B'Av, we read three haftorahs of sadness. From after Tisha B'Av till Rosh Hashanah is seven weeks, seven Shabbos, seven Shabbosim. And each one of those seven Haftorahs are all of comfort. This past week, for example, the Haftorah is called, it was called the Shabbos of Comfort. The verse started off, comfort, comfort my nation. So we're going to learn now, as we learned previously, what happens if Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos. Should you read the Aftorah of Comfort or the Aftorah of Rosh Chodesh? Or what happens if Rosh Chodesh falls out on Sunday? Should you read the Aftorah of Comfort or the Aftorah of Sunday? There's a special Aftorah that happens if Rosh Chodesh falls out on Sunday. Let's see this inside. 
From the Shabbos following Tisha B'Av and onward, we read a series of Haftorahs for the next seven weeks that constitute the seven Haftorahs of consolation. Okay, that's so far simple. The seven. What if the first day of Rosh Chodesh Elul falls on Shabbos? Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos. And therefore, you should be saying the Haftorah for Rosh Chodesh that falls out on Shabbos. What should you do? Guess what? You, you say the Haftorah of when Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos. Why? Because that Haftorah also talks about comforting the Jewish people. It fits into our theme. Let's see that inside. The Torah that would usually be read that week of Aniyasoara, O reflected, storm-tossed one, is pushed off. And we read instead the Torah of Hashemayim Kisi, the heaven is my throne, which is read when Rosh Chodesh falls on Shabbos. Why? Because it also contains verses that speak of consoling Yerushalayim, consoling the Jewish people. And as we said similarly last time, when, in that scenario, when you didn't read the first Haftorah of comfort, so when Parshish Kiseite comes around in a few weeks, and that week the Haftorah is Raniakara, sing out, O barren one, you'll then add to that the portion of Ania Soara. Why? Because as we learned last time, if two Haftorahs are touching one to the other, you could combine them. Okay, so let's just quickly recap that if Rosh Chodesh, Elul, falls it on Shabbos, you'll push aside the Haftorah of comfort and read instead the Haftorah of Shabbos Rosh Chodesh because it talks about comforting the Jewish people and you'll make up that Haftorah later when another Haftorah in the same place is read. So as a rabbi, practically, do you review this before the month starts, or you already know all this information? You have to ask each rabbi on their own. There's no answer to that, but hopefully you review it before it starts, briefly. Hopefully, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And the average person, not a rabbi, I should say not a rabbi, um, what do they do? They review it too? If they're... So this they're book was made in a way that hopefully everyone could review it. The first time you go around is, is hard because you're learning a lot of new things. But once you've learned it once or twice, it comes faster, like anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If you made a mistake, and instead of reading the Haftorah of Rosh Chodesh, you read the Haftorah of Com Comfort, Aniyasorah, so if you re realize a mistake before reciting the after blessings of the Haftorah, in other words, before you said God's name, if you said God's name after the Haftorah, we don't want to say God's name in vain. But if you didn't yet say God's name, so then quickly say the second, haf the, the appropriate Haftorah. So if you made a mistake in the Haftorah and you didn't yet say the after blessings, say the correct Haftorah then. And then recite the after blessings. But if you did not realize your mistake until after you said the after blessings well then after you've finished the blessings say the appropriate Haftorah without any blessings okay this is all if Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos however if Rosh Chodesh falls out on Sunday should you say the special Haftorah of when Rosh Chodesh falls out on Sunday we're going to say no 
Why? Because that Haftorah doesn't talk about compassion at all. And the theme of these weeks is compassion. So we're not going to say that Haftorah. Let's see that. If Rosh Chodesh falls out on Sunday, we push aside the Haftorah of the tomorrow is a new moon, Machar Chodesh, which is usually recited on the day before Rosh Chodesh, because it does not contain verses that speak of the consolation of Yerushalayim. And instead we say the, the section that talks about consolation. Okay, that was a little detailed, but bear with me. Okay, let's learn one more section, section 5. There's a custom... We're now going to learn about Slichos. Are you familiar with Slichos? There's a custom, the, the week before Rosh Chodesh, you get up early and you say special prayers. So actually, could we do two more or should we stop here? Five and six is connected. So should we stop now or do two more? Do two more. From the Sunday preceding Rosh Hashanah, we rise early to recite Slichos. This year Rosh Hashanah is on a Monday? Could that be? I Monday think. night. Mo- Monday night. I think so. So, if Rosh Hashanah falls on Monday or Tuesday, we begin reciting the Slichos on the Sunday of the previous week. So, if Rosh Hashanah falls out on Monday or Tuesday, we'll say Slichos from the previous Shabbos until Rosh Hashanah in almost 10 days. Upon, so what do you do? You get up early in the morning. Upon arising, you wash your hands as always. We wash our hands three t- once on the right, once on the left, three times. And before you could pray, you need to say the blessings of the Torah. And, and then you'll say slichos. After slichos, you should wash your hands a second time without a blessing. Why is that? Well, this was a custom when you would say slichos very early before before dawn. And in that scenario, once dawn hits, you need to say the slichos again. That's not our custom. Our custom is we just say it early, but it could be once the sun has risen. And therefore, we, in our custom, don't wash our hands a second time after slichos. But why is it um, backed up that you start much uh, earlier, a week before? Good question. Good question. Why is it backed up? It's our custom that we say Selichos a minimum of four days. So if you go ahead and Rosh Hashanah is on Monday, so you're saying Selichos for two days. You're not going to have those four days. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu, when Hashem showed Moshe when he was on Mount Sinai, a, a vision of Hashem in a talis and tefillin, saying the 13 attributes of mercy. Since then, the highest level of asking for mercy from Hashem is with the minion, with the minion and the talis is wearing, and the chazin is wearing a talis. Let's see that. Number six. The chazin, who is leading the slichos prayers, should wrap himself in a talis with tzitzis before he begins the beginning of ashray. Now, there's a little problem. Because some of those people have the custom of saying slichos at night, and at night you shouldn't wear at night you don't need to wear a talis. So since there is a question whether one should recite a blessing upon his own talis, if you put it on at night, you don't say a blessing. 
with the talus when you put on There's a question. If you put wear a talus at night, you need to make a blessing. It's a question. Therefore, if you're putting on a talus at night, don't take your own talus, nor a public talus, because a public talus is considered yours when you use it. Rather, borrow a talus from a friend. In that case, you're putting on someone else's, you don't need to make a blessing. If there's no talus to be found, you could still say the 13 attributes of mercy, even without a talus. Although Hashem showed Moshe the vision of him wearing a talus, you could say it even if there is no talus. There are places where the custom is that the person who leads the slichos is also the chazan for shachris and mincha of that day, as well as mairev of the preceding night. So the entire Jewish calendar day, which starts the night before, the person who's going to say the slichos prayers will say the mairev the night before, he'll be the chazan for the mairev the night before, and shachris and mincha of the following day. And this custom is so great that he would even be chazan ahead of a mourner or a mohel, and a yard site. Meaning, generally we say if someone is in mourning, or if someone is a mohel, he's going to be doing a circumcision that day, or he has a yard site, they come first for leading the services. On the days of slichos, the person reciting the slichos should be the chazan so great that he'll even push aside a yard site, a mohel, and someone in mourning. When reciting the slichos, it's appropriate to stand. But if it's very hard for you to stand, you should stand at least for the, re- for the recitation of O God, King who s- sits on His throne, which leads into the 13 attributes of mercy. For the laws regarding the recitation of the confession, we'll learn that later, Ketzer concludes on, page, on chapter 131, section 9. So let's recap what we've learned here. We started off learning why the month of Elul is so great because Moshe was, the Jewish people were forgiven during this 40-day period and received the second tablets. We learned how, how Elul is a month to repent. And it's like the city of refuge. We should repent, we should pray, and we should give charity. We continue to say it's our custom to blow the shofar during this time period to arouse us to do repentance. We have the custom to say the paragraph of Ladavad Hashem Ori. It's the custom to say more to Tehillim. We should bless each other during this time period of you should be inscribed and sealed for a great new year. It's appropriate to check all your tefillin and mezuzos and check all of your deeds. Are they appropriate during this time? We spoke about the haftorahs and making sure you say the right haftorah for each Shabbos of the seven Shabbosim of comfort. And we concluded speaking about the slichos, that we want to say them for a minimum of four days. And during that time period of slichos, you get up early in the morning. Um, and it's appropriate for the chazan to wear a talis. The chazan for the slichos is, so, is such a special thing. There's even the custom for him to be chazan for the mairiv, shachris, and mincha of, the, of that day. And because slichos is so special, it's appropriate to stand during this time. We're up to section number seven in Chapter 128. Thank you very much. Any questions? Yes. So, uh, 